And this is Causing Friction, the podcast where we get a little uncomfortable, a little awkward on our journey of healing through mindfulness and becoming self-aware. All right, so this episode is all about how hmm, the year 2020 was not what I had expected. And I think most people can relate to the fact that 2020 was not the year that they expected to have. And honestly, um, I hate how much that the pandemic is talked about. So I'm not going to go into details discussing that specifically, but I am going to say that this major event in the world changed me. Fundamentally, I'm still me. I feel like I have discovered who I am over the past four years. Um, And I'm at a very solid conclusion that at 27 years old, I like the person that I've become. However, uh, January 1st me and this December 1st me are two very different people. And I mean that in the best way possible. And maybe changed isn't necessarily the best choice of word. So I'm actually going to take that back. Yes, I have changed. But that also just goes hand in hand with growing up. Change is way too broad of a word. And it really has this negative connotation attached. Oh, you've changed. People say this so often. And honestly, like, it's a little bit annoying because, yes, thank you. I have changed. I seriously hope that I am not the same person I was five years ago when we first met. Character development from the teenage years into becoming a young adult into now late 20s adult, it's so key. It's inevitable. If you aren't evolving as a person through each job, through each relationship, through each human experience that you have, (laughs) you're probably just a robot. Change really is for the best. Whether people want to believe this or not, it is. Uh, Anyways, I think saying 2020 forced me to put in perspective what I really value in my life, uh, who I want in my life, who deserves my energy, what deserves my time is actually what I mean. This semi-disaster of a year, I was really forced to slow down a crazy schedule that I had pretty much put it to a complete halt, actually. And at first, I was upset, pissed off, depressed. What was I without all of these social outings and partying and family get-togethers, bouncing here, there, everywhere, to literally every single thing I was ever invited to just because I felt that I had to be there. I felt like I needed to be present for all of these people. And I don't necessarily regret it. I made amazing relationships, but I was so incredibly exhausted. I was mentally, physically, emotionally just tired. And I didn't leave much space for myself to have time alone. So when COVID hit, I had all of the time in the world for myself. And I didn't know what to do. At first, I did what It seemed like everyone else kind of did. 
I was all of a sudden working out every single day. I baked banana bread. I did some weird paintings that still to this day are hung on my wall. And I consumed a incredible amount of wine. Um, but I, I took the first few months to try and stay just as busy as I was before. But now at home with different activities. Because I was so scared of being legitimately 100% alone. I was scared of silence, of the potential thoughts that would arise the second I wasn't busy moving my body or distracting my brain with endless scrolling on Instagram or six episodes of This Is Us crying my eyes out. But it happened. <laughs> it had to. And it really sucked. There were lots of tears, fear, depression naps, but there was this time. A real time to heal and to understand myself and what I needed. It was time for real reflection that maybe I realized I was putting off for quite some time. All right, so who did I miss that I couldn't see and had no idea when I would see again? Easy. My grandmother. She was the first person who came to mind and I think about every single day without fail now. All right. Can't see her, but I can call her. The pure joy in this woman's voice when I called and she realized what I was doing and I was just simply calling to check in on her. It was honestly amazing. It melted my heart completely. She is someone who deserves all of my time and my energy and my love without a single doubt. And I can't even remember the last time I called her because, I mean, I would see her at holidays, but what kind of interaction was that? We're surrounded by 10, 15 other people. What kind of quality time was that? Just her and I. This started a very profound, oof, <laughs> kind of moment inside of me. Uh, it was a domino effect of reevaluating relationships in my life. And it actually caused me to create boundaries with people. I didn't necessarily want to get these people out of my life completely, but they were people I knew did not deserve the energy I was giving them. I ended up creating boundaries everywhere with different people on different levels for many different reasons. And this was the best thing I could have done for my mental health and overall well-being. And by creating boundaries, I just mean... Really naming limits. So if you are willing to have an awkward conversation with your family who maybe acts a little racist or makes uncomfortable comments, you have permission with yourself to not fall into the trap you normally would of engaging in that conversation. It makes you uncomfortable. You don't want to be a part of it. And that is okay. So setting a boundary is really honing in on how specific 
conversations or people make you feel, assessing that and really giving yourself permission if you want to engage or if you don't. Like I said, um, it doesn't matter if they are a friend or family, you have permission to do what makes you feel your best. If something makes you feel bad or uncomfortable or guilty, you do not have to participate. The next part of my quarantine self-reflection was what exactly was I giving my energy to? And this is always a hard one to admit, but it was binge drinking and being social, staying up late and being very unhealthy. Um, It was also binging Netflix for hours and hours instead of doing the dishes or doing laundry or simply even taking a shower. And everyone does this. It was scrolling on social media to the point where I looked at my screen time and it said eight hours in one single day. Not very productive or fulfilling in any way. And when I really evaluated this, I couldn't understand why I was giving so much of my time and energy to these mindless, useless tasks. Now, of course, drinking casually, watching Netflix one night, being on social media, it isn't all bad. It's just bad in excess. And it's bad when it is being done to avoid other productive, fulfilling things. Especially, it's hard when you know that you are falling into these traps and you also know that there are millions of studies to back up how incredibly terrible all three of these things are. So obviously the solution to all of this sounds so easy. Put a timer on my social media apps to limit my phone usage. I can choose one night a week or every two weeks to have three drinks. Maybe instead of an entire season of Netflix in one day, I watch one episode, and then I force myself to get up and do one of those mundane, awful tasks like washing the dishes or taking the garbages out that I have been avoiding. But what did I want to give my energy to? What tasks were going to fulfill me and make me feel better than what I was currently feeling? And honestly, anything other than those three of binge drinking, Netflix, and social media could have been better. Um, But it's so much easier to say you're going to use social media less and watch less Netflix than to actually do it. So I did some soul searching and I kind of went back to how I felt as a kid. What did I enjoy doing when I couldn't drink, Netflix didn't exist, and neither did social media? I mean, Facebook kind of came around, but wasn't really using it. Way too young. 
And what I realized was that I loved singing terribly, but still, and dancing around my kitchen like a total idiot to 90s music. And I love being active. Being active, being outdoors, the combination of that two was even better. And I also loved writing. I loved journaling and I loved yoga, which sounds kind of weird saying that as a kid and a teenager, um, I loved doing yoga and writing down my feelings, but I was a super introspective person even back then. Another thing that I really loved was talking, sitting with somebody I have a genuine connection with and talking. One-on-one time, nothing could beat it. And I could talk about anything. And maybe it looks a little bit different now than it does as a kid because we're talking about our future and taxes and buying a house and it can be done in my own apartment at 10 p.m. on a Friday uh, with a glass of wine, but still. So realizing that I loved doing all of these things, but I was literally never doing them. I never had time. I never sought out doing them. And I never really realized how much I did enjoy them as an adult, just as much as I did back then or even more now. So I made the time. Instead of Netflix, I found a great app on my phone that had meditation and yoga and I gave that a shot for seven days straight every single night before bed and it was fulfilling. I felt amazing and I felt like me but better. So what else could I do? How else could I keep the ball rolling? I one day just had this overwhelming feeling that I couldn't shake, so I wrote it down. And then I kept writing and writing and writing and writing. And my hand got so tired because I don't even think I'm used to using a pen and paper anymore. But it felt so good going to bed with a clear mind. I woke up feeling so much more refreshed. I even felt a little bit accomplished and I just felt good. I had taken the time for myself to get out these thoughts that I just couldn't get rid of. And whether I read them back or not, it didn't even matter. So you can kind of chalk all of these things up as self-love or self-care and Yeah, I mean, I do agree that it falls under that category, but I think using that term of self-care and self-love is so different for every single person that I don't necessarily like to use it because what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. But the most important thing was that I was just taking care of myself and slowing down and doing things that I genuinely enjoyed. I was setting boundaries in relationships. I was doing things that I genuinely loved. 
kicking bad habits that didn't serve me. And I genuinely don't think that any of this would have happened if it weren't for this pandemic and quarantine and forced to be alone. There are so many negatives that have happened because of the circumstances. And of course, it's different for everybody and we all have different feelings towards it. But honestly, like this time that I had to spend by myself in my own head in my apartment alone with my cat, it really changed me. And like I said, I don't like using that word, but I just have become a better version of myself. And I can say that confidently. I mean, I'm not waking up hungover three days a week. Automatic win. I'm taking the time to be outdoors more, be in nature, which a little hard being in Toronto, but hey, it actually does wonders for your soul. And by doing all of these things, I am so at peace. I am so happy. I am fulfilled in ways that, I mean, I didn't really understand could happen from so, yeah, I mean, this year, kind of crappy. But when I look at it, I honestly can say that I slowed down. I looked at what I value, what I love, who I love, and I am so grateful for all of this. I enjoy the simple things in life sounds very cheesy but it's true i enjoy such simple things on a daily basis now that my baseline for joy and fulfillment is significantly lower than what it used to be smaller things make me so much happier than last year it took really big exciting news to kind of give me joy and so now waking up being able to walk outside and get a cup of coffee is so peaceful and enjoyable it just it makes my entire weekend or calling my grandma and hearing her joy in her voice because I did that small action again it makes my weekend it makes my whole week it can make my entire month when little things like that didn't quite have the same effect it was very instant gratification opposed to these kind of lingering feelings of overall happiness honestly like I don't want my life to go back to how it was. I want to enjoy these simple things. I want to value my relationships the way that I do now. And I want to continue setting boundaries in other relationships to keep myself at this peace. I don't want to let other energy, other negativity bother me the way that it used to. I can't. 
I am not willing to sacrifice this progress that I have made for anyone or anything. All right, <laughs> I think that's it. That's enough rambling on for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed my talk of how 2020 wasn't the year that I expected, but it was the year that I somehow needed. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this with someone you think could really enjoy and connect with me. Thank you.